Episode 4, The Behavior Management System That Will Be the Solution to Your Behavior Problems. Hey everyone, Kaylee and Lane here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pre-K Teacher Family. This is a podcast for all things Pre-K Teacher behavior management strategies, time-saving tips, advice from teachers, and high-quality resources. If you need it, we're talking about it. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Friday. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On today's episode, if your behavior management system isn't serving you and your students, don't worry. We're giving you ours, and you're going to love it. Let's not waste any more of your time, teachers. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Hey, Lane. Hey, Kaylee. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right. Okay. First, I want to make sure everyone knows we are here to talk about this topic because we have made every mistake in the book. Yes. Our school was using the color stick method, and we used it for about two days before realizing, "Uh uh-uh, that's clearly not going to work. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, there are tons of variations. Sometimes it's a pocket chart with every kid's name and they have a color card to show where they are with their behavior. Red is bad, green is good, you know, you know. And that's exactly how the kids hear it and feel it. I am bad, I am good. Sometimes they even send cards home reporting the color that the child was that day. Which is bull, because the colors might reflect a choice, but you can't just call a whole day one color, good or bad. The day is full of choices. You can't just stick a label on the day and make the kid tell the parent that they were good or bad. Oh, man, it's Mm -hmm. it's terrible. It is terrible. And at our school, we had a pole with colors on it, and we even made it more colorful, so it was like a full rainbow. (laughs) And each kid had a clothespin with their name on it, and the clips would move up and down. So kids would move up to blue if they were making good choices. But when you had to move a kid's clip down, they lost it. The biggest meltdowns ever. It was clear to us right away, nope, this isn't the answer. And it wasn't just the meltdowns either. There were other obvious reasons that the clip system wasn't working. Yes, the meltdowns for sure. Yep, the same kids were on blue every day and the same kids were on red every day. So how is this helping change behavior for the better? It's not. Yeah. Not at all, in fact. In fact, Mm -hmm. we found the opposite to be true. Kids started to rebel. They felt out of control with the whole operation, and they felt like they couldn't succeed, so they gave up. Isn't that heartbreaking? I mean, if you've ever used a system like this, you literally just see the light leave their eyes. They hate it. Yeah. Oh, it might make some teachers feel powerful who don't know how to keep control any other way, but it never made us feel powerful. And if you don't have any other idea, breathe easy, friend. We are giving you one today and it's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Would, Would you believe us if we told you that the system that we're about to share with you totally does motivate kids to make better choices and behave better? How magical. I mean, when kids are four, they just don't understand the poll or the color stick method. Maybe in the older grades, you can try to justify it by saying there are consequences for actions, but I'm never going to be on board with the clip system. And even if you're in the older grades, I beg you, try our system. You will be so impressed with the change in your students. Mm -hmm. It was ruining everything we were trying to do. But we were new teachers, so we weren't just like, oh, no problem. 
I have another really great idea. I'll just do that instead. We were lost and desperate to find something that would work. We just knew that moving clips was not it. It's just a feeling in your heart. Like, we knew moving clips down doesn't feel good for anyone. By the way, follow your heart. If you have a yucky feeling about something, trust your instincts. Try something else. Speak up. Make a change. Don't just carry on. That yucky feeling is is telling you something good. Your heart is working. Follow your heart. Good advice. I still think about um, things that we were forced to do, and it still makes my heart break. Like, I, yes, I know. So that is such good advice. So we've gone down every path trying to figure out how to get the kids to listen. And I assure you, by the end of this episode, you are going to hear the answer. The real answer that will work for you. A behavior management system that will motivate your students without emptying your bank account. Let's take a walk down memory lane and let everyone have some good laughs as they hear the ridiculous stuff we've tried to get our kids to behave. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, what we're going to tell you about today is is one with no prize boxes or pizza parties. Oh, you, you guys haven't been that desperate <laughs> to go to the pizza party route? Good for you. We weren't that lucky. <laughs> yes, Lane and I actually tried to bribe our kids to behave by dangling a pizza party in front of them all week. So we just kept reminding them to behave so you could go to the party. And then on Friday, I had to leave school and drive to pick up pizzas for a pizza party. It was pathetic. And the amount of power on our shoulders was unfair. Too much power in our hands and none for the students. Like, how do I decide who has behaved well enough to go? The standards were so unclear. Some kids were good for like five minutes, which was an accomplishment and should have been celebrated. But there was no chance... They were going to be perfect the whole week in order to get to the party. I will never, I'm not kidding you, never forget my little Miguel, who was my little wild man, but a sweetheart, and he didn't get to go to the party because he Aww. was a little wild on that day of the party, and I didn't know what to do about his behavior. So I took the pizza party away. I remember his dad carrying him away that afternoon, and I had to explain he didn't get to go to the pizza party, and tears were streaming down his face. I'm tearing up just thinking about this terrible memory. And his dad was so sweet, just trying to be supportive and be like, it's okay, buddy. Just confused, oh. carrying him away without his piece of pizza. Shortly after this ordeal, we came up with a new system. And I'm proud to say Miguel thrived under our new motivating, happy days. You can do it. School is fun. We're doing great. We're all special. We all deserve special things system. Oh, yeah, but we made other mistakes before we found the, uh, found the solution. Remember the good old goodie box? <laughs> <laughs> we, would up, we would end up spending like so much of our hard-earned money on filling up the goodies each week. It never had a long-lasting effect on our be kids' behavior. Kids would work hard to earn a little goodie out of the goodie box on Friday, and then they'd go back to the old behaviors there was no intrinsic motiva motivation they would go home with a pencil or a slinky or a piece of candy nothing learned or retained just creating little monsters who might as well be sitting there holding a sign we'll work for treats <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and almost as bad as the pizza party we bribed them with a balloon party and we blew up the balloons so the kids could see them and hopefully we, we thought we would motivate them to want to be there by letting them see the balloons God, how terrible is that? Because the problem is we had to decide who got to go to the celebration. 
and we were holding these bribes over their heads for like a week. Some kids might be good for one morning, but that should have been acknowledged. But we didn't know what we were doing. We were lost in a tornado of inability to enforce expectations. We kept pushing them to be perfect all week so they could go to the party. We were so lost. Like, it was all so unrealistic. We tried to be positive, but we didn't know how to keep the kids under control. And when you can't do that, you're stuck. Yeah. So if you're like us, we wish we could give you a big old hug. But instead, (laughs) we're going to give you the secret to the system that we used that changed everything for us. We developed a system that we would use every year after that. And it was because we needed a system that would initiate positive change in behavior and deliver constant feedback to make kids want to change for the better. But it couldn't be too much work. Some behavior systems are so elaborate that they end up taking way too much time and can't be maintained. Yeah, and some of those behavior charts can be so detailed, it takes way too long to document and track them, let alone have them serve the actual function of uh, managing behaviors. So what we came up with was a star chart system. We called it a star chart. Right off the bat, we're sending the message that you're all star students and you're going to behave like the stars that you are. The original one I used was a big chart with different colored felt on it so the Velcro stars would stick. It was basically a huge easel that I usually kept in the front of the room where we had morning meeting because it could be seen from almost anywhere in the room. Didn't you use a magnetic whiteboard so yours was portable? Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, I made mine, um, yeah, portable so we could easily take it around to like the centers and the halls and such, but it was still visible for the kids to be able to see it. Good. Big enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So I printed stars that were about three inches. So they were pretty big because my display was huge. Um, I think yours were a little smaller, but, um, yeah, yeah. Still, exactly. Mine still were viewable from smaller. far away. Yep. But we still use stars too. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So printed them on stars. I printed them on color paper, um, all the colors of the rainbow. So it looked pretty and there were two or three students with each color. So they could each spot their color star and narrow it down to which one was theirs pretty quickly. I wrote their names in large print and then I put their picture on it so that they could easily find their star. Uh, Which also, it helps with name recognition skills. And there are lots of literacy things you can throw in there with those stars throughout the year. Yes. So... I put Velcro on the back of the stars so they could easily be moved up and down. And now I know you're thinking this sounds a lot like the pole, but wait, the real change up here is that all of the stars would start at the bottom of the chart. So every morning they would be at the bottom and right away during our morning meeting, I would start moving stars up. So I would be noticing, oh, wow, look at you sitting there with your hand up or thank you for keeping your hands to yourself, John, your star's going up. So the star chart would have three levels. Color doesn't really matter. They know that up is where they're trying to get. So on mine, the bottom was blue. The middle was like a magenta. And then again, the color doesn't matter. But then at the top, I had a smaller strip of bright yellow. And we would say that when you get to the top, the superstar yellow or gold color, that's when you've earned the special privileges. Because when you when your whole class is behaving like superstars, All the stars are on that top superstar level. Right. You are in a happy place. You can bring out special materials and you can do fun games and special activities that you can't do when they are not behaving. 
So in like one sense, you are trying to motivate the whole class to be superstars, to get up to that top level. But if one kid isn't jumping on the train, the whole class doesn't have to suffer. That kid just doesn't get the special stuff. And trust me, it's not a shaming thing. You don't have to mention anything to a kid whose star is not up. They know. Trust me, they know. Yes, and and the, the kid whose stars are up are so proud of themselves and excited to get to do whatever it is that they get to do. They don't really worry about anyone else. Because the whole idea is that when you behave, you get to take part in the special stuff. So I would always emphasize to everyone what those special things are. I would open my cabinet and I would show them special materials that I would have. And I would say, I cannot wait to use these. As soon as you guys show me that you're ready, we are going to use all of these fun things. And it's nothing fancy that you buy as a prize. I'm talking the art materials that you were already planning to let them use. Don't overthink the privileges side of this. A superstar privilege could be as simple as getting to use the tape dispenser today or getting to choose your center first or getting to work with a partner or getting to do yoga with your shoes off or getting a smelly spot before we line up. So in the beginning, the superstar privileges are noticeable and prominent. But the good news is this tapers off. In the beginning, you want to really drive home the concept that superstars get to do special stuff. And once they start to get that, then you can relax a little on the privileges. And the best part is the special privileges they're earning can be real jobs and things that kids can help you with because they've earned them by behaving so well that they are going to step up and rock whatever special thing you give them to do. It makes all of your students so much more capable and and independent. So the emphasis is always just on how we have so many fun things to do here at school. I have so many special materials that I bought with my own money just for you guys, and I can't wait for us to use them. So the kids get excited. It wasn't like a threatening thing. It was like a, I want them to step up so we could all use this special stuff like glitter and glue and whatever fancy markers. And I wanted them to be up for the challenge and up for the privilege. Yes. So right off the bat in the morning, I will be moving the stars up. And right away, you feel the momentum shift. You start pointing out the superstars and the snowball of awesomeness keeps growing. Oh, now more are sitting crisscross. Stars are going up and up. I'm moving them a few inches at a time. So it takes multiple moves to get to the top. But like with any new system, they have to feel the magic and the love right away. So on your first day of trying this... You want to be making some dramatic moves. I'd be jumping them up pretty far each time and saying, wow, look at you. Allie's star is going up because she's looking right at me. I can tell she's listening. Her body is so still, etc., etc. You'd keep describing in details the behaviors that you're seeing that are making the stars go up. And it's sort of like every man for themselves, but it also can be a group thing because you can say, Oh my God, we're all at the top. We're superstars. This is really something special. This means I can get out one of our new sinners. <laughs> Maybe there's a sinner you've been waiting to introduce, but you don't think that they're ready for it yet. I promise you, once you use this new system and kids get their stars up to the top, you will be amazed what happens when you try to introduce that new center to them. They are going to step up because they are superstars. As long as you're super explicit with the directions and how you set it up and how you set them up to rock it, they will. Because you are going to keep reminding them 
about how special the center is and how much fun they will have. And as long as they do it right, they can play with it. And you know they will because look back at the star chart and smirk. I've got a class full of superstar kids. And then if one or two kids wants to hold themselves back by misbehaving, then their star would stay down and you don't talk about it. They know where their star is. Right. The only thing you need to verbalize and mention and point out is the stars that are going up because that's what we want the emphasis to be on. Yes, the positive behaviors. So I would always have the star chart right by me where I would be sitting every morning during our morning meeting. And sometimes I would just sit there silently and just glance back at the chart and then look at the kids and move a few stars up and then glance back at the chart and then look at the kids. And the kids catch on to that so quickly. Oh, what's happening over there? Whose star's going up? And as soon as they see their star go up, you can see them crack a smile as if they think to themselves, yes, okay, she sees what I'm doing. She's noticing me. I'm going to keep it up. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Moving a star up is a far more effective way to bring attention to a behavior than just saying it out loud or pointing out to the kids, well, the kids who aren't doing it right. You know, just stop and move stars without saying anything. You're going to love how much the kids respond to this. And also, we talk about what kind of behaviors are superstar behaviors. And they know that right there in the morning, if you're sitting there with your hands to yourself, if you're raising your hand when you have something to say, those are the things that make your star go up. And we talk about what kind of things make our star stay where it is or what makes your star go down. But here's the catch about that. Your star can go down, but there's more to it. So as soon as the star goes down, it's kind of like giving me a flashback to the color stick. You're going down, you know you have a big problem, but the way we move a star down is different. Let me explain. So I will look at the kid, I'll move their star down, and I'll look back at them and I'll wait because I teach them that when your star goes down, you got to stop, think, and make a choice. You got to fix it. So when we talk about it and the kids know before their star is ever moved down, that if it happens, if or when it happens, they can fix it. They are all of a sudden empowered again. They know how to fix it. So if they are shouting out, I will look at them, move their star down just a smidge. It doesn't have to be dramatic and drop it to the bottom. I just slide it down a smidge. And then I look back at them and I might even remind them, fix it. You know what to do. And then they raise their hand and right away I move their star back up where it was. I smile and nod and say, good choice. And then we carry on. So it's not telling the kid, your star is going down. This is a punishment. You're bad. Instead, it's just your star is going down. I'm going to wait a second for you to fix it so that your star goes back up. And then right away, you wink at them or give them a thumbs up and the balance is restored. Yeah. Like I knew you could do it. So it's different like than the color stick. It's not just you're on red now. You're bad. It's really just like, hey, you're not making a good choice. I am noticing that you're not making a good choice. And I'm your teacher. So I'm going to teach you, a.k.a. I'm going to give you the opportunity right here to fix it. Yes. It was it just was not a thing for me to look at a kid and move a star down and just keep moving it down. Like, that's just not the point. That's not how it works. That's not what you want to do. You want all their stars to go up. And when all the stars are at the top, you make it a big deal and you notice and you talk about, wow, what, what else can we sort of bring on? What's the next challenge I can give them? Because they're stepping up to it. 
And the coolest part is that the expectations become so clear for everyone. They all know exactly what kind of behaviors move their star up and what kind of behaviors move their star down. So much so that eventually you can have a student sit by your star chart and move the stars for you because it's just a very clear system. Everyone knows what makes them go up and what makes them go down. So I would have a time where I do a read aloud and I would let different kids sit by the star chart and move the stars. This doesn't have to be a huge component of it. I didn't do it all the time, but there are certain kids that this is very appealing to. And it's a great way for them to help out and feel some power and encourage other students. But I want to be clear, this isn't something you have to freely let every kid do. But especially some of your tough kids, they can learn this skill or this job and they will take pride in helping you with it. So it doesn't necessarily become something that you always pass off to all students, but there were times that we would have one or two students that would just be our go-to kids who thrive off of that sense of power of moving stars, and they did the job well. How did you do it, Lane? So I would be reading a story, and they would look at a kid, and they would think, hmm, are they sitting right? Are they keeping their hands to themselves? Are they looking at the pages of the book? Yup. Then, then, then they'll move that child star up. And for the most part, I would just instruct them to move stars up. Just look at good stuff and be a positive, encouraging leader. Sometimes they would get a taste of that power and they would just start moving stars up. And <laughs> you got <laughs> that's right, moving stars down. And you got to say, hey, stop and say, hey, 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 no, look around and find the ones that are doing great. I want you to notice the kids who are being role models which that alone can be a huge lesson for a kid who struggles with behaviors and limits. If they can handle this job, it's a perfect opportunity for them to watch other students, pick out and describe behaviors while simultaneously being reminded of what they should be doing to be a superstar student. Everyone wins with that one. Yes. Awesome. Okay. So... You can do a huge chart that is stationary in one spot, like at the morning meeting spot, or you can do a smaller version, maybe on a dry erase magnetic board with smaller pictures that you can carry around with you, and you can just draw the lines on there. And then you have your star chart that's portable, and you can bring it everywhere with you. But like I said earlier, this is something you go overboard with on the first few days, and then you taper it off. So you put in some time at the beginning of introducing this new system, and then as the students start to catch on, they don't need as much narration and constant visual support. After a while, you don't have to make as big of a deal about moving them. And they just sort of understand what they're supposed to be doing, and they know what to do. And then you use it when you need to refocus somebody or if you're having them all work hard for something to be superstars so that they can earn a new center. Once my kids got it down, I would just be able to say, your star is going down, show me how you fix it. And they got the message without me walking over and holding their star in my hand. And another great motivation for superstar privileges are just certain centers. Like maybe the most popular centers are the ones that they have to be superstars to use. And that's not trying to keep some kids away from that special center. The goal here is that all the kids are going to step up to be superstars so that they can go to that center. And then the magic part, they are all going to be responsible and make good choices while they're there because they want to be able to keep doing the special stuff. Yes, and there's no shaming, no bringing the kids down the way traditional color systems do. Whether it was cards or a pole, the star chart is so much better, so much more positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a big pole you carry around for the whole school to see with your name on it. And then you have to take the <laughs> God. Down. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, God. I remember picking them up from specials and all my kids were like on red. I was like, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, oh, good. Okay, thank you. Okay, here we go. And again, hug them all and pick them up off the ground. That's right. They'll be dead inside. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so let's recap the uh, big points from this episode that we don't want you to forget. Okay, so number one, follow your heart. If you are getting a yucky feeling about something, trust your instincts. Try something else. Speak up. Make a change. Don't just carry on. That yucky feeling is telling you something important. Your heart is working and listen to it. Yes. Make sure the number two, make sure the expectations are crystal clear for everyone. Students should all know exactly what kind of behaviors move their star up and what kind of behaviors move their star down. Yep. Number three, as with any new system, students have to feel the magic and the love right away. So on the first few days of trying this, make sure we are doing some dramatic moves. (laughs) I'd be, yeah, I'd be jumping them up pretty far each time and saying, wow, look at you. Oh my God. (laughs) Allie, that's that's right. Allie is a superstar going up because she is looking at me right now. (laughs) Thank you, Allie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, and we will close out this episode with a message from our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by the Pre-K Teacher Family. It's a support group for pre-K teachers, and we've got room for you. This week, we're bringing you a message from Nicole, one of the members of the family. What's she say, Lane? I just want you to know that you have created an awesome thing. It's great to have the support and a resource that helps jumpstart my creativity, especially for teachers that have been doing this for years and gotten to a routine that works instead of something that excites us to teach. Thanks, Nicole. Yay. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. This is something we've heard from a lot of teachers, and we're so grateful that you veteran teachers have given us a chance. Remember, we're here to inspire you and support you and build you up. If you'd like to learn more about the Pre-K Teacher family, visit my website, triedandtrueteacher.com. That's triedandtrueteacher, all spelled out, dot com. And click on the tab that says, join the Pre-K Teacher family. And because we love our podcast listeners so much, we have a promo code for you to get 30% off your membership. 30% off. Go check us out and use the promo code PODCAST. Yep, just the word PODCAST to get your discount. And we have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you try it for a month and don't love it, no problem. We'll give you a full refund. Take a chance on us, teachers. Lane and I want to be there for you when you need us. The members of the Pre-K Teacher family are our number one people. We are waiting for you. (laughs) My dog just burped into the microphone. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is going to be another good clip.